This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to a special collaboration edition of the Blue Monday podcast. My name is Craig Fimbo and I'm joined by two special guests today. Viewers on YouTube will see that our good friend Phil Ham of TWTD has joined us for this special pod. Hi Phil, how are, how are you? How are things going? All right, yes, good to see you. Yeah, you too. And now let me introduce the third person on the pod, or should I say the third lion on the pod, co-founder and co-owner of Phoenix Rising and co-owner of Ipswich Town Football Club, and also, I quote here, the most popular and connected guy that Brett Johnson knows, Mr. <laughs> Mark Detmer. How are you, Mark? Hey, uh, uh, great. Good morning. Good afternoon to you. Those are those are big shoes to fill from Brett Johnson, but uh, with all humility, I, I appreciate his uh, kind words. Now we know we know your time is precious. We know you with the first of very very many similar calls you've got booked today. So thanks for firstly for sparing us your time. Um, hopefully the questions won't be too repetitive, and we can cover some uh, some new ground and keep it interesting on your behalf. So most importantly, first and foremost, how are you? How are the family? How are things going over there? They're doing great. Thanks so much for asking. Celebrated Mother's Day uh, with my mom and my wife and our kids, and then this morning was get the kids up, shower, dress, and off to school, and, and, uh, and my, my cup of coffee here to catch up with you both. Uh, but it's a wonderful morning. How, how are things over there? Yeah, all right, actually. Yeah, it's, it's nice and bright and sunny. Went a little walk today. The, the temperatures are slowly, slowly rising. You know, we're almost at the heady 61, I think you'd probably call it, on, in your neck of the woods. So um, probably about 40 degrees lower than, than what your uh, – you guys are used to, but yeah, things are slightly, slightly warming up over here. You must have been um, impressed with the first couple of Phoenix results that you've you've had the last couple of weekends. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're uh, pretty impressive. Uh, was it four one victory over San Diego, three nil victory over Oakland? It's a it's a start to hopefully a great season and a new stadium. Uh, as I think you guys have covered that uh, we've we've grown, um, and we can talk more about how that 
the genesis of all that, but but couldn't be more uh, more pleased with with Coach Rick Shantz and Bobby Dooley and collectively the team over at Phoenix Rising uh, producing results early in the season that we hope to carry all the way. They said early that it's not about the first win, it's the last win, right? We want to yeah. get that last win of the season. Well, I, think you've, I think you've got a few handful of extra fans watching it over here on, on YouTube and they seem to be streaming both live and, and um, replay, the full match replay, so uh, people can catch up with the uh, the results and bits and pieces like that. So just That's before fine. Phil just before Phil gets into his Larry King um imp- impression <laughs> and we get into the uh the weeds the weeds of everything, how how did you form your relationship, an obvious friendship with with Brett and Burke? Oh wow, we go back Berke and I met uh going back to the children, our sons were in first grade together and uh and they were a new family to our school and we immediately took to them our sons becoming good friends, our daughters becoming good friends, our wives becoming good friends. And okay. so for Berke and I, it was really natural. Uh, we, we just we just clicked right away. And we both had a passion for for football, for soccer. And then uh, in, in a, a trip here to Los Angeles, uh, I had the, the good fortune of meeting Brett Johnson, uh, a mutual friend uh, it had uh, recommended we get together. Uh, and I was meeting that friend for breakfast and up walks Brett Johnson and says, are you Mark Detmer? And I said, I am. He said, great, I'm here for the breakfast. I'm like, okay, great. And so Brett, Brett uh, he claims that he, he crashed our breakfast. And, and again, some of this you may have heard, but he, he was the uh, partner in Arizona United, the, the predecessor club to Phoenix Rising. And at that point, we're looking for uh, some new investors to come in, some new, some new life, some new energy to the club. Um, so I sat down to breakfast with Brett. And, and at the end of that breakfast called Berke, uh, and, and Berke and I started talking about this opportunity and at the end of the call, Berke said, are you going to be investing in it? And I said, I am. He said, okay, then I'll meet with them. Uh, and we all sat down. Now we, there's obviously twists and turns along the way. And one of them was, you know, Brett said, Hey, uh, Arizona United's coming to, to Orange County. They're going to be playing at, at Anteater Stadium at UC Irvine. Why don't you come down with the family? And I said, okay, there'll be four of us. Is that okay with the tickets? And Brett said, as long as it's less than 700, it'll be no problem. <laughs> yeah, it won't, won't be anywhere near there. So my wife and my my kids, we get up, we, we head down there on a Saturday. And my wife's like, what, what are we doing? And I said, oh, we're looking at this club. We're looking at Arizona United. And she said, why are we looking at that? And I said, to possibly make an investment in the club. So we drive down, we pull up, we sit on these concrete blocks in the sun in the afternoon and, and she's sitting there looking at me and, and looking at the play on the pitch and just totally bewildered. Um, so it's Brett Johnson, his two older kids, uh, Monica, John McPherson, and the bus driver. So, so those were the away fans uh, for, for, uh, for the match. And then, uh, and then the OC Blues fans, I think, at that time were drawing about 80 people. And my wife looks over at me and she says, I, I just I don't get it. What are we doing here? And I said, we're going to look to buy the club. She goes, but there's nobody here. I said, I know that's the opportunity. I go, if it was packed, there wouldn't be an opportunity for us to bring any value. Uh, and she, she paused, she's puzzled. And she looks at me and she says, if you're having a midlife crisis, just go buy a Ferrari. <laughs> like, what, what, what are we doing? And I said, no, honey, this can work. We can rebrand it. We, we can move the stadium to the right location. We can draw in fans by bringing this really positive culture uh, to, to a city like Phoenix that deserves to have that, that highest level of professional sports and, and from there on, uh, Phoenix Rising was born. So many partners in the club that have, have considerable time, energy, effort, and capital invested into the success there. But 
that's a lot of the roadmap that I think Brett and Berke and, and myself and collectively our partner uh, want to uh, want to see at Ipswich. I was just going to say that, that you see parallels with the situation currently at town that you saw at, at Phoenix. Um, so, uh, but on a bigger scale. That's right. A much bigger scale. You know, it's taken us three years for, uh, for Berke and Brett and I to get here. We, we started this journey um, after Phoenix Rising was was up and running, if you will. I mean, there's always just like steering a car. You've got to make corrections along the road. But we said we really want to get into English football. Uh, and we started our journeys to, to London and, and to, to many cities uh, throughout the country in, in review when we made a lot of relationships. And, and we've been able to hopefully, again, create some parallels between the beautiful town of, of Ipswich and Suffolk and in the parallels to Phoenix and the family support and people in the town that are so passionate about their team. Uh, that's very similar to, to a lot of the things that we've done in Phoenix. What, what sort of lessons have you learned from, from setting up Phoenix from the, you know, Phoenix from the flames and what, what can you bring over to, to Ipswich? I think it's culture more than anything. You know, I, I think the energy that, that the three of us, our bringing to the club starts to translate to, as, as you know, with Mark Ashton and, and our, our president and CEO and how the front office is going to run and, and our expectations with Paul Cook, who was our first choice um, after acquisition of the club. And thankfully, he was also Marcus Evans's first choice as a manager and, and then starting to design that that style of play. But along the way, I mean, who are we? What are we without the fans? And so engaging with the fans is something that's really important to Brett and to Barricade and myself and creating a better fan experience. It won't happen overnight. I, I don't want people to have unrealistic expectations. We would all like it to happen overnight. These things take time, just like it, it took time for the club to go from Premier League to Championship and Championship to League One. It will take us brick by brick time to build back the club, both with the play uh, on the pitch, which is our, our first and foremost. And as you know, there's so much happening right now uh, between the manager and the players and, and so much of what we want to do to get the performance that we'd all hope and expect on the pitch. You mentioned about relationships and building relationships with people in, in English football. How was the relationship with Marco, uh, Marco Leary and Mark Ashton? But I, I, Brett, I heard talking about you hearing Mark Ashton at um, a USL chairman's meeting or something along those lines. That's right. Yes. And, and along those lines, on our many trips to, to the UK, uh, we were introduced to Michael Leary. And, and Michael Leary's role was paramount to the success of the acquisition of Ipswich. I mean, Mike was working tirelessly. His background, as you know, with West Brom, he, he had the pedigree of running a Premier League club before. He, he's been in private equity and he's, he's handled mergers and acquisitions of companies. And, and his skill set was exactly what we were looking for in, in having a partner there locally, again, with the experience and knowledge and the ability to, to execute our plan to you know acquire the club, Ipswich Town uh, Football Club. But then Mark Ashton was exactly who we were looking for as a trusted advisor, you know, as a, as a president and CEO of the club. Um, I, I think that, that those two were, were really big keys for us. It's not about just being U.S. investors and coming over and buying a club. It's about how do we execute our vision for that club. And, and we needed them as much as I think they, they needed us and wanted us to be partners. I think that's something that people have welcomed because, I would guess there'd perhaps be a lot more that there'd have been suspicion about, you know, a US group suddenly coming into League One football and, and expecting to have success. Whereas you've got this 
you're in tandem with people who know the English game inside out. That's right. Well said. Uh, so no, we, we, again, we, we think we bring a different perspective um, to, to the boardroom, to, to leadership, to culture, to fan engagement, to the ability to hopefully engage the children. You know, I think there, when, when we closed on the club with all humility, there was reach from far and wide uh, to me personally, to Brett, to Berke and our group, just, just thanking us for our involvement, thanking us for our interest in the club um, and, and trying to hopefully get the club back to where it, its former glory was. But, but with that, what was missing, the, the stories were constantly about 1981, 1978, you know, honestly, 40 years ago. And it was very hard to find a young fan that reached out to us saying that, wow, I can remember in 2012 when they got this victory. There's been this whole lost generation or era of fan that we want to engage. Uh, I mean, I think that's really a big part of our strategy to help bringing the energy back into the club, which again, transfers onto the pitch. You said, sorry, Phil, I was going to say, because I've got a 13 year old boy who's you know has a season ticket he's had a season ticket for six seven years and as you say if I asked him to name his half a dozen favorite games he probably struggled to fill two fingers of one hand he's it's been that starved and it's saying not necessarily for a 13 or it's also the same for the guys who are you know almost getting into their their 20s now you know it's just been a just starved of success but I think what you said about fan engagement I think you you may well have become a little bit overwhelmed certainly I think Brett and Burke on Twitter just being this tidal wave of thank yous and thank yous, whether that's a, a combination of being starved of success and also being starved of any real interaction with the, the higher echelons within the club. For, for whatever reason, it was decided that that wasn't the way the previous owner wanted to go. But I think you you can probably tell from the, the level of interaction that you've had and the level of requests and messages and bits and pieces you've had that there there is a, a decent-sized club with a very decent-sized following that's no, just waiting, waiting for something to happen for the for the fuse to be lit, if you like. No, that's right. Uh, well said. Um, so I opened a Twitter account in April. I didn't have one, <laughs> and uh, I, I had to create, if you will, this account so that we could capture uh, some of that additional fan engagement. And, and the fans have been wonderful. And and again, what we hope to to do in our own personal expectations is to deliver on on all that positive energy. Hmm. And come back to the deal. You talk about um, Marcus Evans and the deal with Marcus Evans. Fairly nervy period for you whilst it was all being done and dusted because I heard it was sort of on and it was off and, and then it was back on. And someone even suggested even in, in the last couple of days up to it being done, it was still, you know, there was still a kind of question whether it would be done or not. Oh, there was definitely questions of whether it had been done or not. <laughs> there we were. It was very unnervy. We, we'd spent, you know, more than a year uh, in conversations and, and not – because the parties didn't wish to progress, we, we had this whole thing called the quarantine and COVID and everything that hit right in the middle of our, our talks. And so we hit the pause button on purpose, tried to figure out what things were going to look like when we, we came out. And thankfully uh, and gracefully, we are coming out. Uh, as, as you all know, the numbers continue to get better. But, but that was a big reason why we had to pause for a moment. Uh, but up until the end, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely Michael Leary and Marcus Evans talking on the daily uh, in, in resolving any any minor little tweaks and things that uh, that needed to uh, to happen in order to to close, but I'm I'm a little bit superstitious. You saw Berke and Brett immediately with their hats and their <laughs> scarves and stuff. I waited until it closed. I wait. I told my wife, she's like, I want to order these things, and I said, Hold on, let's close, and then we'll progress with with ordering merchandise. But uh, now we've got 
I don't know, there's been like a shipment a day at this point <laughs> with, uh, with the merchandise, but it was very unnervy at times. We were committed uh, to the club and to the acquisition. And so, again, a- along the way, you, you make concessions, but it but it's the right thing to do in order to uh, to see your goal and and uh, and to get to where we are today. Just and, and, sorry, don't feel. Arizona's public safety personnel retirement system. I put it written down because I don't remember a name that long. Um, The pension fund owns 90% of Game Changer. How did they get involved? Through relationships, like anybody and anything. Um, And, and of course, at this point, you know, there's only so much I can say about that. Uh, But they've been, they're great partners of ours. They're committed to see the project through. They have capital we have capital to to commit but it's not just about capital it's not as you've seen i mean and and marcus is very passionate about the club and was very passionate and spent a lot of money on the club and it didn't yield the results that you all would have liked to have seen and so it's not just about capital and but psprs brings capital to to the table as well as partnership and and again at this point culture and those are the things that we're really hitting on and connecting in the community it's not that unusual, is it, for pension funds to have involvement in sports clubs in in the in North America? I was reading about the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund and um, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a similar sort of arrangement, isn't it? That's right, and it's not uncommon. Um, so maybe this is we're, we're trendsetters, right? That uh, you might see more of this type of a transaction going forward. And their expectations, obviously, profit is clearly their expectation. Um, but I think you know people's concerns about a, a pension fund with profit being its um, ultimate aim is the time scale. Um, presumably they're not on a not on a particularly tight time scale to kind of make their money back and more. No, that's the nice thing about pension funds. Their time horizon is is very, very long. Uh, it's not about trying to come in like, you know, certain groups maybe that try to just, I hate to say make a quick buck. That's not a good characterization, but try to turn something really quick. They're not, they're not at all like that. They're very much aligned with us that, that, that we need to create the building blocks to go up to championship. And at that point, build the, the club and the support and, and the stadium and everything around going then to the Premier League. And they're, they're aligned with us with that, with that mission and that vision, but, but they have a very, very long time horizon associated with it. Because I think that's one of the sort of fans that, you know, new owners come in at clubs and expect to be from League One to the Premier League in two years, which is just unrealistic, isn't it? It's unrealistic. As much as we'd all love to see that happen, it's not, right? You, again, going back to that, it, it's taken decades to end up back in League One. It will take time for us to get back to championship and then and then hopefully, again, our vision to, to be in the Premier League. Uh, and I was going to ask about the, the boards and the way that the kind of Things work because I think there's the Ipswich Town as in Ipswich Town Limited board, which I think is Mark Andrews, Mike O'Leary, and Burke. Um, and then there's a the game changer board, which is uh, I think the four of you and uh, sorry, three of you, um, Mike O'Leary and um, Ed Schwartz from uh, ORG, correct. Um, and um, and then Mike Ashton, um, Mark Ashton running the day to day. How is the kind of interaction between those sort of boards and, and, and Mark Ashton going to be? Um, well, I guess the question is, and I don't know if you've served on many boards, but this is, this board is clearly not hostile. Uh, sure. We're aligned in the in the in our in our vision and our mission in order to get the club back up to where it belongs in its former glory. And so, no, our interactions have been phenomenal. We candidly text and and send messages and set up calls, and we all like each other. 
which makes it a lot more fun. And again, I think that may end up translating into the success of the club, you know, when, and I've sat on boards that, that don't function well and, and in organizations in general, you know, that doesn't have to even be a board that, that the people that aren't aligned or they don't see things, you know, in, in a similar way. And then the results get muddled and, you know, and it's not what anyone would hope for and people get frustrated and you had the wrong direction. I couldn't tell you that this board is, is not like that at all. This board, we have, we have people that are very genuine. They work tirelessly. We're, we're all considering the amount of time, energy, effort and money we want to contribute uh, for the success of the club. So it's all, it's like it's kind of you know day to day. You'll all be interacting with Mark Ashton with, with Mike O'Leary over here. So we interact quite frequently, especially right now, as you can imagine. The uh, yeah. the emails are practically daily, uh, and we have a number of calls. But you know that the, the best news for us and what gives all of us comfort uh, on the board is is Mark Ashton's leadership. You know he's he's phenomenal at what he does and. And in his vision for the club and the right people to, to, to see through that vision. And so we sleep well at night knowing that Mark Ashen's there at the helm. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And the PLC, you know, the PLC at town, the uh, remaining 12.5% of the old shareholders. Um, I think you're, from what I gather, you're quite comfortable with that remaining part of the club. Um, uh, because it's fan involvement, obviously that kind of fits in with your sort of community aspect of of, of, uh, of the club. Would you ever kind of um, any thoughts on representation of the board from PLC or anything like that? That I can't comment on, but we are thrilled that that they stayed in. Right, they had an option, uh, tag along and drag along, and we had lots of conversations about what that may or may not look like. And we're thrilled that they wanted to stay in uh, for this journey with us to to uh, to come along because. Again, what is a club without its fans, without its community? I mean, that, that's what we 
take so seriously in all this is that we are a representative of the community in the way that we we handle ourselves, the way that we treat others, the way that we commit to the the project and 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 the club's uh, performance overall. So we were we we're thrilled that uh, the community wanted to stay in as our partners. And what have you done at Phoenix then that you think you can um, you know to engage the community in that way that you think you can replicate at, at town? Uh, there's some things at Phoenix. I think again, some some things will translate through football. Uh, others may, may be just slightly different in community, uh, but we've, we've engaged with the children. I think that's something that we need to do. And you saw that the U19 uh, right tickets uh, that, that we offered them up for free, which was a way to hopefully draw in some of the younger fans. I know I'll be traveling as soon as uh, acceptable, obviously due to restrictions with my family uh, to come to Ipswich. And we want to get again, more engaged there. And I think that's an area that, that we can definitely help, um, you know, couple other areas, obviously performance is, is at the top of it. And that involves training, that involves nutrition, that involves recovery, that involves so many other aspects of the player other than just, you know, their, their pace or their foot skills, right? There's a lot that goes into call it formational that we've done, I think, a phenomenal job in Phoenix of, of, of and give Rick uh, Schantz all the credit for creating a program that kept our players healthy through the season, you know, that that identifying the right talent, which Mark Ashton and collectively the team are really good at, but then finding a way to keep them healthy and on the pitch because those are long seasons. There's a lot of matches that their bodies take a, a lot of abuse, as you know, and it's all about recovery. And, and I think those are a couple of things that we can bring that we've learned in Phoenix. Hopefully that some of that, again, new, new um, science and technology around nutrition and recovery. And the women's game, I mean, that's another community aspect. It's obviously a sort of lower level at Ipswich at the moment. Is that something that you're going to be kind of um, concentrating on as well? Oh, absolutely. Football's for everyone. I, I think that that's, that's got to be a common theme and goal, not around just English football, but global football. Um, and, and we're very, very supportive of the women's team and, and any way that we can help um, support their efforts, uh, I think we're all in on. Just in terms, um, uh, sorry, Phil, just, yes, just in terms of we talk about timescales and bits and pieces and return on investment and stuff like that. You know, some fans might be expecting cash to be thrown at this from the very beginning. But, you know, how can you give us a bit more detail on what the strategy is short to medium term and how that because salary is related to income. You know, there's only a percentage that you can spend You know, if it would be nice if people could throw the money at it. But how can you sweat the asset that is Portman Road? I think initially, and in, in, in real football fans understand financial fair play, uh, and they understand how that relates to ticket sales. And without ticket sales, you have no player wages. And so we, and there was, you know, some people talking about about ticket sales, but a lot of that ties back to financial fair play. And and in that, we have to give Paul Cook the resources that he needs to produce the results that that we expect. And so a big part of that will be um, contributing not only dollars, obviously, to, to acquire the club, which has virtually no debt on it in, in, anymore, but also contributing the working capital this year, which we've already fully funded, um, so that we can go out and, and, as you said, through through transfers, loans, wh- whatever, pick up the right players on the pitch. Not that, not that the players that just completed their season were the wrong players. It's just a matter of finding the players that fit Paul Cook's system uh, out on the pitch so that he can get all the resources necessary for him to, to be successful in his role. In, term, but in terms of um, like Mark Ashton's involvement, as you said, presumably 
part of his remit will be to um you know utilize the the stadium and the ground more so than it is just on a on a saturday to saturday basis presumably we can see it used more during the week just to say just to bring in a bit more bit more cash into the club that way yeah through commercial so you i mean you touched on and you hadn't asked about ed sheeran yet but but that's uh that's exciting news right that that we're able to 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 partner up with ed sheeran and collectively his team uh as front of jersey sponsor it's a very cryptic you know sign which he ed says will will all make sense uh here soon but we couldn't be more thrilled i mean he, he's a suffolk um you know person and and with that his support of the club has been undying as as a fan and so driving commercial is a big part of and hopefully we can bring some of that commercial that we've again learned through phoenix rising and through relationships we have uh in the uk and and or even u.s companies looking to go to the uk um, drive that commercial part of the revenue as well were you you aware that was in the pipeline when you were having the discussions takeover discussions we were made aware uh, yeah along the way and and again we couldn't be more thrilled i mean it has such a global following and 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 for good reason he's extremely talented maybe the best songwriter of of our era i wouldn't say ever because you know there were some pretty good guys like john lennon and paul mccartney and some others out of the uk that are pretty good songwriters as well but he of our era he is one of the best songwriters and and again i think driving commercial is is equally important to having the, the dollars available to get the players necessary to get the results we expect. I was, I was going to ask you about um, financial fair play and, and have you been getting your head around the, the SCMP and all these kind of sort of arcane football league one rules? I am, but, but, uh, but my, my knowledge level is just dangerous. It's not, <laughs> we rely on those experts to help <laughs> us with that. Uh, led by Mark Ashton. I, I only know enough to be dangerous on the topic. Um, but, I mean, that obviously limits the amount of cash you can inject in, in a season, doesn't it? That's that's why ticket sales are are very important as well. Is what about other I mean, there's other ways of doing this, aren't there? There's sort of equity and things like that. There's ways. Of, is that something that you've considered is being considered? At this point, I, I don't believe so. At least we haven't discussed it at the board level. But but again, I, I think it, that we turn a lot of that over to Mark Ashton and his stewardship. Uh, to help us navigate what we need to do for for financial fair play and, and other there's so many other rules obviously associated with English football that they are so well versed on that I, I am definitely not the right person to ask uh, about that they, they have their careers in it so I'll defer to them and then um, when you look at sorry when you look at um, when you look at Phoenix Rising's web page and you look at the investors there there's a lot of investors there is that something that you would look to do here eventually more and more people come on board going forward I think that will time will tell. Uh, you know, we we've been open, obviously, Phoenix Rising being the case study, um, to to those that are aligned with us. Again, capital being part of it, but but the culture, the desire to to win, the the amount of time, energy, and effort they want to contribute as owners as well uh, is all part of the equation. Because um, at a certain point, capital starts to become a commodity. We don't, that's not what we're looking for, right? In a partner, we want a partner that helps us see our vision through to, to the goal of eventually obviously being in the Premier League again. So, I, you know, I, I, we haven't ruled it out. I'll say that, you know, right now we, we we're fully funded and well capitalized. Uh, but at some point in the future, it may make sense. Mm, but it wouldn't be just money coming in for the sake of money coming in. It would have to be the right people. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And in Portman Road, I know there's a lot to talk about the kind of infrastructure at Portman Road being a bit, um, you know, uh, seeing better Thank days. You. 
needs a little bit of tidying up. Um, prepared to spend the money on that and prepared to money uh, on the training ground as well. That's right. Uh, and, I, and again, I think it's brick by brick, right? I, I don't, I don't want to set an unrealistic expectation that day one, they're walking into a new stadium, right? But, but could, could we fix a turnstile? Could we paint here? Could we do some things to clean it up? Um, absolutely. Right. And then, and then look to the future for future or capital funding and project. We've heard about the scoreboard. We've heard about, you know, some different things that will require additional capital, but, but, Again, I go back to that we've got to get the performance on the pitch. And then those things, as you progress and you start to re-engage with the fans, you start to drive attendance numbers up because it's a, a must-see event, you know, when we are allowed to go back to events fully um, in, in a safe manner. I think that spending on on the stadium will be all part of that plan and, and enhancing the fan experience at the end of the day. You can't wait to get over to it. I, mean, I can imagine how frustrating it would be. Have, you, have you ever bought something and never seen it? Like, how is this? Like, we're trying, we've been trying to get over, but I think the quarantine was like 14 days and we're like two weeks. We've got to sit in a hotel. Like, so, so we're, we're hopeful that again, and I, I saw there were some announcements even as recent as yesterday that, that, that the numbers continue to improve and, and we're hopeful to get over there maybe late July, early August, again, provided that, that uh, we're allowed to based on restrictions and, and bring my family, you know, so we, we can't wait uh, to get engaged in the community. I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to say if you were to come over in, in August, not only will you need to bring your hat and scarf and gloves, that you'll be, uh, you'll be welcome with open arms, Mark, put it that way, I think it's fair to say. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. My family is thrilled. My my wife has already been online looking at, at airline tickets and everything and where should we stay and, and doing these virtual walking tours of Ipswich and the town and the stadium and, and the, the food in the stadium and what things can we do to improve. And she's got this list for me already. I don't know if, if your wife's create lists for you, but mine does. And so she's like, here's some things you need to work on right away. I'm like, great, honey. I think we'll add that to the list of many things we need to work on right away. Sounds like you're going to be over for about a month and a half the first time yeah, you come. Exactly. It'll yeah. be our summer break from school. Yeah. So how often do you envisage coming over on a regular basis then once you, once you are coming I, I over? I think it'll be quarterly. Uh, it, you know, we, we'd plan on being there hopefully for the first match of the new season. We plan on coming over for – for big matches and or uh, playoffs, obviously that we all we all plan on in our future, and and then regular board meetings and, and such. So I, I think from a quarterly basis, uh, and it could be more than that. Mm. And you're getting used to early morning starts to watch town on I follow at the moment. Yes, exactly. Uh, which is fantastic. I think it's it's been a good service. You know, we we over here in the states um, use ESPN Plus to to, to with you know within the states watch rising matches um, when they're not on ESPN. And then I've been using iFollow. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, YouTube, you can go on for free to watch rising games. And, and I will tell you that the Phoenix Rising people has been equally thrilled about Ipswich and our involvement between ownership that they, they're asking us about buying merchandise. Where, where do we get that? So we're our two. So Bobby Dooley, the GM of Phoenix Rising, and obviously Mark Ashton with Ipswich have been communicating about helping some of those fans get some merchandise and supporting each other, which, again, that's what football is all about. You know, it, at, the, at the root of the beautiful game is, is to have these clubs that can, can feel like they have an association. They're not in it alone, that we're all in this together, um, I think is really, really encouraging that, that both sides of the pond at, at Rising 
and at Ipswich have, have really welcomed each other with open arms. Well, that was going to be my question, which is the, the long term, because obviously we've heard rumours about potentially another club down, you know, down, down in Australia, but okay, just long term, yeah, long term integration between this like matrix of club or portfolio of clubs. What what can actually be, what we're looking for, cross pollinated, should we say, between you know, this this matrix of clubs that could potentially be in place? You know, I think I think you can create an ecosystem. Uh, but at, the, at this point, I, I want to be very clear that that could be more of a long range goal, right? I yeah. think, I think initially for us, it was, it was, is get our big toe in the water of Phoenix Rising, right? Get, get that club to the right brand, the right location, the right fan engagement and experience and performance on the pitch. Let's find another opportunity, which again, it took us years to, to, to be able to sit here today with you fine gentlemen and talk about Ipswich Town Football Club. I, I don't think we're going to go rush in. We, we have work to do. We have to we have to get Ipswich to the point where we're comfortable that that they are back to where they were in the former glory. And then at that point, look at where, where are some other holes that we could fill, possibly in other countries that might, again, continue to, to move this concept of a, a football ecosystem forward. And part of that, possibly, may be players coming from one club to another. That's right. I mean, I think that's an important part of the, the game. Uh, I mean, Didier Drogba is is a good example of that, right, with Rising. But so is Solomon Asante, who is our MVP at Phoenix Rising and of, of the USL Championship for the last two years from Ghana. You know, and he's been playing in Phoenix. And so we, we have a lot of international players in the U.S., which isn't talked about as much, but it, as well as obviously um, in English football, that's pretty common. And so I think it's a matter of, of continuing to kind of spread those roots out as – as the, the trees continue to grow and, and finding those opportunities that are strategic for, for all the clubs um, in this ecosystem. So in a way, players that, uh, and I'm assuming that the USL is kind of viewed as sort of lower than League One, um, that a bit of a carrot to players at Phoenix Rising that if they do well, potentially they could spend time at town. That's right. And vice versa, right? Training, um, international friendlies, coaching staff, hopefully sharing, you know, ideas that, that they, they've created that have been successful. Um, we hope for a lot of cross-pollination, you know, and, mm. and I do think the play is fairly equal between USL Championship and League One. Um, you know, and again, it may vary and everyone will have an opinion on that. Uh, and I probably just sparked a thousand tweets, but but I do think there's a lot of similarities. But uh, but again, from, from that perspective, uh, that. We, we have work to do at Ipswich Town first. Let me, let me just be very clear about that. And, and then we'll look at where, how do we add to the family of, of football um, clubs. I think in terms of, if you're talking about um, friendlies between clubs, if you can get some sort of corporate partnership with a transatlantic airline, that may, um, <laughs> may, help, may help the travel in both regards, might it? Either they way. help both clubs immensely. I'm with yeah. you on that. We, we may need to start inviting you to our board meetings to help, help us with some of these concepts. Well, <laughs> there's, a share, there's a share certificate there, Mark. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, come and join you. It looks beautiful. You have to take a picture and send that to me. I'd love to see it. I've, I've not seen one in person yet. Yeah, we'll do. Maybe season tickets at the Rising give access to uh, Pullman Road and vice versa. Yeah, we'd love that. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Especially for for a bigger playoff championship, who knows, type of a match. Uh, that would be fabulous to try to set something up. We, we at Phoenix Rising, we had a big uh, Western Conference championship game against Orange County Soccer Club. Um, and and we, we, 
we took care of a tremendous amount of buses. And so we had, gosh, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand uh, Phoenix Rising fans arrive at Orange County and just was overwhelming the amount of, of energy that they brought with them. And and within, and you can watch the replay on it, but within the first couple minutes, we had scored a goal already. And, and the other club was sitting there dazed and confused at that point. And I think the same thing could happen, right? If we could bring some rising fans over to Ipswich, get them to change their red for blue, uh, I think they could bring a lot of energy with them. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and we've obviously seen that from German fans before too, just with Dorf, so they could play a similar role. That's right. Well said. Brilliant. Well, I think we're towards the end of our time, Mark. Um, but thank you, I say, on behalf of Phil and myself and the, the Blue Monday guys, yeah, thank you very, very, very much for your time. Really do appreciate it. And fingers crossed, as you say, we'll, uh, we'll see you in a two or three months in, in August. I'm looking forward to it. And maybe we'd start something. And I, I thought about this, and you may think it's a horrible idea, but I was thinking about um, the way the TWTD, maybe maybe we, we look at a concept that um, these are the days. I don't yeah. know. I we don't already know. did that once. We already did that once. We already so we did that. I, didn't, I missed it. I wasn't too into that. Phil's already had to rebrand that one, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I, but I'm pretty excited. I couldn't thank you both enough for your, your kind words, your generous uh, commitment to time and effort and energy for Ipswich Town Football Club. Your, your love and passion for the club comes through. We're so thankful for that. Hopefully, if we're all in this together, we'll get to where we need to go. Perfect. Yes. Amen to that. Thank you very Thanks much indeed. Cheers. Thanks, Have a good day. And you. Thanks for watching or listening to the Blue Monday podcast. And thanks to those of you who have kindly supported the channel via Acast or YouTube donations. You can follow us at the usual places on social media. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get our new shows first. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.